0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thoughts on Purpose podcast. My name is Nash Mackey, and it is an absolute privilege to have your company on today's episode, as it is always. Guys, just so you get the most out of this episode, I strongly encourage you to take some great notes. If you can't do it right now, make sure you do it later. But take some notes on what you're going to learn in this interview and make sure you apply it because. It's one thing to learn something, it's a whole other thing to apply it. When you apply, that's how you retain the information. That's what I want for you. I want this information to sincerely add value in your life. So make sure you apply what you learn. Also share what you learn with other people. Again, that helps you retain the information on a deeper level. Share this interview out with the people you care about and so you get to have an impact in other people's lives as well speaking of being an action taker, guys. If you haven't already, head over to IamNashMackie.com. Subscribe, that way you get the opportunity to send your questions in when I interview amazing guests like today's guest. And uh, you get to have your questions answered. And while you're there on my website, guys, be sure to book a free 30-minute one-on-one strategy call with me so you and me get the opportunity to deep dive on crafting a super powerful identity for yourself because ultimately, we never rise above the level of our identity, guys, our self belief, uh, who we believe we are, what we believe we are capable of. So, guys, do yourself a huge favor. Head up to imnashmackie.com and subscribe and book in a one on one free strategy call. My gift to you, guys. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into today's interview. Ruby from Mon, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you, Nash. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Awesome. So, I'm just going to read a bit of your bio. It is super inspiring. So um, named an inspirational woman by the Huffington Post and the icon of influence at the 2018 New Media Summit, Ruby is the visionary behind the Amplified Soul Live, a three-day transformational leadership event. Ruby is the founder of the Thought Leader Collective and the host of today's Thought Leader podcast. Ruby is an international speaker, a life and influence coach, working with the leaders from artists to entrepreneurs who are ready to rise above limitations and amplify their message. So Ruby, I got, I got introduced to you on the addicted to success podcast a bunch of years mm-hmm. ago. And I remember I, w- I was renovating. I, w- I was doing some carpentry work at the time and I-, I had this podcast on, I was kind of down and out, heard your message and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is just incredible. There's something about the way you, the way you spoke and your, the way you showed up with such truth. And I immediately shared the interview with my wife and she was just like, we've listened to it multiple times that very interview. So we absolutely love it. This is a real pleasure for us to connect today. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, wow. And I feel like now I have to go re-listen to that interview because I think that was recorded like three or four years ago, but thank you so much. Oh,
0: pleasure. You had this cool, funky uh, purple hair at the time.
1: Yeah, I did. Definitely. It was
0: awesome. (laughs) It was awesome. So Ruby, yeah, I I totally have to agree with the Huffington Post's um, description of you where they said, you know, you were so inspirational. It was nothing short of inspirational research and you've been watching a lot of your videos, deep diving on what you do. Um, You've been an incredible journey. I'd love for you to share a bit about the journey you've been on so far. Like, yeah, the biggest transitions you've made and what happened? Like, what what started you on this this particular path?
1: Yeah. So I'll give like a bit of a cliff's note version with, uh, highlighting the major, major turning points. So, um, First, the backstory is I hovered at rock bottom for the majority of my life. Uh, I think a lot of people have this uh, visual representation of rock bottom being this place that you get to and then you change your life. But for me, I really hovered there. Like I lived there. I didn't know anything but that space of Mm. deep depression, of severe anxiety, of overwhelm, of feeling unheard, unseen, completely misunderstood. Um, I was... uh, I started self-mutilating at a very, very young age, uh, engaged in a lot of self-harm practices. And eventually in my early 20s was suicidal and Mm. um, had attempted suicide at the age of, I I always forget, it was around 22. Um, And I remember coming to from that. So that was a major pivoting point, point number one, Mm -hmm. uh, when I came out of it. And at that time I was in a marriage and I I was not happy in that marriage. I also had a lot of family trauma that was going on that had um, brought on an onset of PTSD. Mm -hmm. During this time, I was medicated by doctors on many prescriptions, uh, one of which is we know now to be highly addictive, which is benzos. Mm -hmm. That was really when my addictive pattern um, or my my addiction to pharmaceuticals began at the age of 22. Um, And this is years ago when people didn't really question it. Uh That's when, when I came out of that, I realized, okay, this didn't work. Uh And I have this opportunity to create change. Uh So I started seeking the help of a naturopath just to get off my prescriptions, to find alternative ways to deal with my anxiety, to deal with my depression. Um, And I did that. And it was like, as soon as I started feeling healthier, I realized how unhealthy my marriage was and Uh left that. Mm. that's when I started spiraling out of control because for the first time in my life, I felt like I had freedom and I abused the freedom. Um, You know, I grew up in a really um, close-minded culture um, and, and religious background. And so for the first time in my life, I wasn't married. I wasn't living at home with my parents. So I partied a lot. I escaped using alcohol and eventually recreational drugs so my addiction just evolved into something that was far far worse Mm -hmm. and I was in bad relationship after bad relationship really just creating a life for myself that reflected how I felt within Mm -hmm. like I knew things didn't feel good I didn't even know who I was because I felt like I had repressed my voice my entire life. Uh, I was never encouraged to speak my truth. I was never, in, I was in fact punished for doing so growing up. Mm-hmm. And so here I was in my mid twenties trying to figure out who I was. And yet at the same time, not really doing it in a way that w- delivered results. Yes. It, it was like, I was just retaliating mm-hmm. again. i was rebelling mm-hmm. against everything. Um, and in 2012, I ended what was the most abusive relationship I'd ever been in. I was in that for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really like a relationship that was built on lies. And what I found when I uncovered the lies, it felt like a Jenga game and everything just fell apart. Yeah. And that was at the peak of my addiction. So that was, like a, that was the next major turning point that led me to this path. Is I found myself in that place. Um, I realized my life wasn't what I wanted it to be. I didn't, um, I hadn't surrounded myself with good people. I hadn't created this life that felt good. And it was in that moment in 2012 after um, breaking up with my boyfriend, finding myself on the floor crying and sobbing and just like, saying those same words, why me, why me, you know, like so many of us find ourselves in that place. And that was the Mm -hmm. first time where I, I almost had this out of body experience. And I was like, wow, this sounds so familiar. I feel like I'm here all the time saying, why me? Um, and no one dragged me here. Like that was when I had the major epiphany of like, no one really dragged me here at all. No one forced me to date these men. No one forced me to, um, escape using drugs and alcohol no one forced me to surround myself with such toxic people i was doing this and i was doing this because this is what i felt like i was worthy of creating so that started me on this path of just bettering myself a, a path of personal development of, of spiritual debe- development um it wasn't a straight shot up i for the next eight months i struggled a lot with my addiction and um trying to get sober, falling off the wagon, because I didn't know. I didn't know how to live life in a different way. When you're Mm -hmm. so used to living in misery, you get really comfortable in your discomfort. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for me to jump out of that comfort zone into this other place that ultimately felt better, but was uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. it felt good. Um, So eventually I got out And I had been blogging about my experience anonymously at first. And then finally I had the courage to share more of like what I was going through, what I was experiencing for the first time in my life, really using my voice um, and just sharing from a very, very vulnerable, transparent place. Mm -hmm. And I, I was getting a lot of messages from that, which on one hand felt like validation for the first time in my life, I'm receiving some positive feedback from being me. Um, and on the other hand, it opened my eyes to how many people need this? Like how many people need to see other people stand up and use their voice? How many people really need to see other people speak their authentic and transparent truth? Because the people who are messaging me were, were sharing their stories with me. And they would tell me like, wow, I've never shared this with anyone. And I, I just realized authenticity like paves the way for other people to show up in authentic ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when I decided, you know, I want to do something with this. I want to really serve people. I want to support people. I want to help people find their voice and break free from these limitations that they've created for themselves and these caged lives that they've created for themselves. So they can start then being who they're here to be, Mm -hmm. um, which was very much my journey. And so that's what led me into coaching and then coaching has really just helped me learn how to be seen as as myself because of course we use video and social media to put the the word out. Um, So this has been a real practice of me just showing up and being me and putting myself out there for all to see and for all to judge and all my fears just come to the table. But at the same time, it's felt like the most freeing experience. So if I can pave the way for other people to tap into their voice and feel um, confident in doing so, then I feel like that's, it's worth it. Like All of this is so worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank you for being so open and thank you for sharing that, that with us. That, uh, it's a real eye opener. Again, it's so inspiring hearing your journey. And I know I, I know you've got so much more to it um Mm -hmm. that you could just go on and on but thank you so much for sharing that That, that's that's phenomenal um it really resonates with me too because uh i I used to actually i was a medic in the military and i used to work in emergency department and i got to see one case in particular this young lady who were holding down who were drug overdose and uh yeah it's just stuck with me forever and that's that's real catalyst for me doing the work I, I do as well. So mm-hmm. having this conversation with you is so refreshing. Uh, seeing someone who's gone through that mm-hmm. and come out the other side, it's just beautiful. So uh, again, uh, amazing what you do. Um, so, so you're so much, like so many different ways we could go, but I think one really key thing we should tap into Ruby is breaking free of toxic environments. Mm-hmm. So first of all, how important, or how Talk to us, explain to us how, how great an impact you believe our environment has on our ability to achieve in life.
1: Uh, it impacts us more than we know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more than people realize. Mm-hmm. We are so deeply impacted by the world around us. You can be, like you can uncover and do all the inner work, but if you're out, if you keep yourself in the same toxic environment, there's no way for you to like let yourself be because you're constantly going to feel the energy of, of the world around you, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything is energy. So if you're in a toxic environment or a negative space, um, you're going to feel that energy no matter what. I mean, this is just natural. It doesn't matter if you're um, if you've gotten to the point of like ultimate spiritual growth, like you're still going to be impacted by that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it plays such a crucial role in, in, who you allow yourself to become?
0: Mm-hmm. and so and so how how do you break free of a toxic environment? Say if you've got a parent, uh, a partner, even friends who are just putting you down and keeping you at a certain level, what what does that look like? Obviously, it's very unique for each person, but mm-hmm. ultimately, is it important enough that people just need to like go cold turkey and just cut people out from their life immediately?
1: Mm, that's a great question Mm. and let me just like um share that it doesn't matter where you're at in your life like i still find toxic people even in the personal development space Mm -hmm. and i've gotten so good at raising my awareness in regards to who i bring around me and um who I choose to hang out with or affiliate myself with. Um, I have been approached by, for example, tons of influencers um, to do collaborations to do all sorts of things. But if the energy's off, I'm gonna say no. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in the personal development space in itself, like everyone's in a rush to, to be quote unquote famous or to reach a certain mm. echelon in their career. And it's like, and I think that's the same for other environments, like when it's friendships, we can find ourselves in toxic friendships because we see something that we want in that. And if your worth is off, if your sense of self-worth is off, and you see this group of people fulfilling that piece, you know, validating that you're cool or you're hip or you're worth being around, then you'll hang out with them. Um, let's start with parents because I think our family, because I think that's a bigger question. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I can't cut off family. And I get that. And I know people who have, and I know people who haven't. And then I know people like me who have created really strong boundaries around family. Um, You know, for example, I had a rough time with my parents growing up, and they didn't see eye to eye, and in fact, fought me on everything. And even when I was getting into coaching, disagreed with everything, with me sharing my story, with me being so real and transparent. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, about a year ago that my dad finally said, I'm really proud of you for what I was doing, wow. Wow. Um, which was huge. But it was also because I allowed myself the space to just grow yes. and to evolve and not let their thoughts of me or judgments of me hold me back. Because I mm. knew, I knew that if I got to a place where I was able to support myself, that I was, had a roof over my head, that I was safe and I had good people around me. That's all my parents want. I mean, for the most part, this isn't always the case, but for the most part, your parents just want what's best for you. Your family just wants what's best for you. And their version of what's best is going to be different than your version of what's best. Mm -hmm. And, you know, culture plays a big role in this. Um, Age plays, generation plays a big role in this. You know, for my parents, money equals, um, like having money equals safety and support. And Mm -hmm. so if your kids are making good money, that means they did a good job. That's all it is. So that means love. And so once I was able to put that together, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I get it. This is just a generational gap. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also have a brother that, um, doesn't speak to me and that has been a very toxic, um, space in my life and Mm -hmm. I've created very strong boundaries. Mm -hmm. You know, my door's always open, but until you own your shit, you're not going to come in, you know, and it's really that. And you have to create these boundaries for yourself to protect yourself. So it doesn't have to be so cutthroat of like you're cut out and we're never going to be a family again, but it could be like my door's open and here's what needs to happen for you to walk in. Mm -hmm. And with all of this being said, you need to also own your shit, okay? Because a relationship is a two-way street. So Mm. you need to be able to like own your part in it. And even if your part is just having more compassion and understanding where the other person is at. With friends, I feel like we can be more more cutthroat. Like if if someone is just not vibing at your energy or is dragging you down, there's no need to hang on to them. Mm -hmm. Like that's a choice that you had that you brought them into your life. So you can actually let that go and create space for better people to come in but at the end of the day you need to understand your worth you need to understand where you're at you need to understand what you need and what you want in your community like your inner circle Mm -hmm. and then and only then can you start to bring those people in but i don't know like for me it's been a constant refinement as you know i'm almost i'm gonna turn 38 this year and it's just been constant like refining my friends refining my family relationships refinement 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 Mm -hmm. and that begins with me refining me first wow
0: what a beautiful awareness though you've got like you turned it from just cutting people off to actually understanding where they're coming from which is so key because you know i i'm i'm a big believer in that every every action we do does have a positive intent behind it and like you said it just uh, you know, the way we show up just means something different for other people. It's, uh, you know, we've all got a different filter, you know, through which we see the world. So mm-hmm. I, I love the way you looked at that, especially with parents, like understanding that's how they actually love you and care for you. So that yeah. that's beautiful. And, and creating boundaries as opposed to just cutting off. I think that's a really beautiful
1: word you use there yeah cutting people off feels angry and Mm. that means you're always holding on to anger
0: yeah you know
1: whereas boundaries are you protecting you that's confidence that's like uh you looking out for you that's Mm self-care and um what everyone like if everyone's going to walk away with one thing from this this episode Mm -hmm. walk away with this every single person in their life is doing the best that they can with what they know what's available to them and and where they're at in their life, period. Mm. Everyone is doing their very best. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way because we have different experiences or we're just at a different point in our life. Um, But for me, like my parents, my mom was raised in India. My dad spent half his life in the UK. They, I was first generation born in Canada. Like they just knew life a different way. They didn't Mm. know how to raise a first generation daughter in a completely like mind-blowingly completely different environment where you know boys can talk to girls and we have cell phones and all this stuff happens and it's just really different and so when you can start looking at people whether it's your parents your loved ones your exes from that place until you can look at people from that place you're always going to be walking around bitter Mm. and angry and resenting and that's not good for anyone
0: Mm. that's so gold Beautiful mm-hmm. advice, Ruby. Beautiful insights. Okay. Um, all right. So, so let's, again, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I want to keep this, you know, on track. So talk to us about, because I, what really fascinates me, Ruby, is actually bridging the gap where people have been acting and living a certain way, and then they make a transition to, a, you know, a, a more improved and a, and a transformed life. Bridging that gap for me is, is key, and I really like to deep dive on that. So what were the some things obviously you said you started seeing a naturopath in your earlier Mm -hmm. days to transition from being on medications. What other things, like what were your, what what did your days look like? Because you started making these transitions, you kind of experienced that chaos that comes with, you know, leaving the safe harbors of the known. Mm -hmm. You experienced that chaos. What were your daily routines, rituals? Because, you know, we hear so much advice out there. What did you actually do every single day that, allowed you to develop the belief, develop the confidence and develop the identity to become the the incredible individual you are today.
1: Mm, Great question. And it's funny because I I just did an Instagram story on this. Mm. Um, So I want to start off by saying that um, yes, so many people talk about uh, their daily practices, their daily rituals. And I feel that this is a very, very unique thing. Like we Mm -hmm. need to find what feels good for us as an individual. Yes. With that being said, I believe the strongest daily rituals need to involve your your mind, your spirit, and your body. Mm -hmm. And for me back in those days, like for example, um, coming out of the suicide attempt and starting to work with a naturopath, that was me starting to get into my body because that felt the easiest. Honestly, I didn't know how to get into the mind. I didn't know how to get into the spirit. I thought I was spiritual. I was very religious back then. I did prayers every day. So that was my way of, of, of being spiritual and after waking up from suicide, I, I started pushing God away. So I actually started denying God and denying and higher power. So I wasn't ready to go into spirit. And then I wasn't ready to go into the mental piece because I didn't recognize it. Right. Like when you're in this victim mentality, you don't recognize um, the mental piece. So often people start with the body. I mean, we hear this all the time. Like I started to the gym, I felt better. And then you start changing your body, start changing your health, what you're putting into your body, what you're eating. And once you start feeling better physically, that's when it gets easier to tap into like the emotional stuff or the mindset stuff or the spiritual stuff. So for me, it was getting into my body, um, getting off the meds. Um, I remember doing like a food sensitivity allergy panel and I literally had um, six pages of foods I couldn't eat. And my natural breath had never seen anything like that. My wow. body was completely, and my nervous system was completely shut down. Um, so I went on this super strict eating regime to get the inflammation out of my body, um, and I started working out. And I started working out six days a week and lifting weights and working with trainers. Uh, and that was it served a lot of purposes. One, it was like an antidepressant. Two, it was like my anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. Three, it helped me get back into my body and realize like, Oh, look, here's this physical body I can control. I think for a lot of people we feel like everything's out of control from there. Um, I started working on my mindset. I was reading a lot of books, learning about um, how we do have control Mm -hmm. and just playing in that space by, Making choices, like leaving my first husband, um, which is very taboo in my culture at that time, especially, Mm -hmm. Um, like really learning, like it was, it was almost like I was practicing using a muscle that I'd never used before. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was just a lot of experimentation with mindset stuff. And then eventually I got back into spirituality, um, but made it my own. Mm -hmm. So not religion based, but more like what feels good to me based. Mm -hmm. So for me um, like for everyone listening, if you can touch on your mind body and spirit every day and do what feels good for you, then that's all you need mm-hmm. you know I, I was on a client call yes or two days ago and my client is super has a super successful successful agency and um, she has tons of great clients she's super busy has a big staff of a big team and um, her mind is constantly going. And so the idea of self-care always turned her off. Like she liked going hiking and being in the outdoors and she wasn't able to do that in her new home. And other coaches had told her, you know, meditate and do this. And she was like, when I sit there and I meditate, my mind just goes even faster. And I was like, yeah, what actually quiets your mind? Um, because what she wanted was to quiet her mind. She Mm -hmm. wanted to learn how to be present because being present helped her calm her energy. And so once we got down to, what is the thing that you're looking for presence? Cool. What gives you that feeling? And she started creating a list of things, started trying different things out and now has a whole new routine that works for her, but, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't involve meditation. It doesn't involve sitting still. And, and so that's what I mean. Like it's so unique to everyone. It it really depends on what do you need? Mm -hmm. Do you need to feel calm? Do you need to feel grounded? Do you need to feel joy? Do you need to pump up your energy? And then what are the things that you do that help you achieve that feeling? Mm -hmm. Do those things.
0: Yep. That's beautiful. That's absolutely amazing. So it kind of answers my next question because I know you're a huge advocate for self-love, you know, Mm -hmm. so much of your content revolves around that and I know why. Um, I understand it's beautiful importance. When you think of self-love Ruby, does that encompass more or less what you just said? So the mind, the body and the spirit, is that self-love for you? Or what does self-love mean for you?
1: Self-love is the relationship that you have with yourself. You know, so often we get caught up in our relationships with others. And Uh, a lot of that is because that's how we've been programmed. That's how we've been taught. That's, that's what our parents know, you know, respect your elders, respect your teachers. Okay. What about us? Where did Mm -hmm. self-respect come in? Mm -hmm. You know, we're programmed to say, I'm sorry. We're programmed to, um, take shit and just (laughs) leave it. Like someone's bullying you. It's okay. Just walk away. Um, and we're not really taught to, uh, understand our worth and understand, um, that it's okay to take care of our needs before others that in fact is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also not taught to, um, get to know who we are. We're mm-hmm. instead, uh, raised in this environment that projects its beliefs onto us. Like like not just our parents but society what's right and wrong what's black and what's white what's allowed and not allowed what should we do to be seen a certain way versus what should we not do if we don't want to be seen that way and i just recorded today's daily rant on this topic it's really funny that this is coming up but Mm -hmm. um if we go back in time to when we lived in clans right Mm because we are actually clan like um, society. We yes. always live in clans. That's why I have family structures. So if you go back to like caveman times, um, if you went against the grain, you would be kicked out of your clan. This is why we have a deep need, innate need to feel like we belong. That That need to feel like we belong creates the fear of not belonging, the fear of not being loved, the fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. And so this feeds, it perpetuates this, um, cycle that's in our society of, we need to be a certain way. We need to show up a certain way in order to quote unquote belong Mm -hmm. in order to be accepted. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you want to be a leader, you have to be X, Y, and Z. If you want to be, um, an entrepreneur, you have to be X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, if, if we want to be who we want to be, we need to learn more about who we are as an individual. And that comes through self-love. It's the relationship that you have with yourself. It's how well you know yourself. Do you know your needs? Do you know what you value in life? I'm always shocked at how many of my clients when they first start working with me, don't know what they value. Mm -hmm. It's the first thing I do with all my clients. Yes. What do you value? Uh, Are you incorporating your values into your everyday life? Like things that sound so basic, Mm. but so many people aren't taught. This is self-love to me. I mean, we're yep. taught how to have relationships with others. We're not taught how to have a relationship with ourselves. Yes. So the amount of effort that you put into others, that's like the bare minimum amount of effort you have to put into yourself. Mm-hmm. And
0: it's,
1: it's, a, it's a lifelong relationship. That's what self-love is.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful answer. I love that. And uh, yeah, that whole thing of a relationship with yourself is so key. And uh, mm. I, I, totally see, I I see that all the time with clients I work with as well something as simple as values mm-hmm. and uh one question i like to ask ruby is I, I ask people what would you run into a burning building for because i believe you know even though we'd reason we'd be like i would never run into a burning building you know when we think about it but then actually we probably would if if some something was in there we cared about enough we would we'd be in that building like for me it's my kids mm-hmm. and when i think about that it's like there's nothing i wouldn't do for my kids and my wife mm-hmm. you know and, uh, when I start building my life around that and I start using that as my inspiration for, you know, my challenges, and, uh, it's incredible the energy you tap into it's there all along. You just got to, again, have that awareness around it. So beautiful answer. Right.
1: Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Ruby.
0: Um, okay. So in the past two years, what are two habits that you've developed that you practice more or less every single day, uh, that have had the greatest impact on your life?
1: Mm. One of them is the habit of slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say it that way because it can look like different things yes. depending on the day. Sometimes it looks like um, like literally taking a beat in the middle of the day and just mm. going for a walk or just being or slowing down, yes. um, not rushing to get shit done all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, creating space in the morning. So uh, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I don't really get to my desk until 9 a.m., which gives me enough time to hit the gym and do whatever I feel called to do that morning, breath work, reading, journaling, or just sitting and being on my own. Um, But slowing down has been a habit that has helped me because it's actually helped me speed up and become more focused and also Mm -hmm. have a more calm energy with everything that I'm doing. Um, the second habit would be, um, I would say reaching out for support. Mm-hmm. Um, so asking for support more often. Uh, I was very self-reliant because I taught myself to be self-reliant because mm-hmm. of my history and my experiences. Um, and I needed to break free from that story because that was no, my history was not my current situation. Yes. Um, so really learning how to lean in uh, to friendships, to family, um, to people I love, to my husband, and, and ask for support and and also get good at um, receiving their answers, no matter what the answer was. Mm, so whether it was like, awesome. yes, I can support you and no, I actually don't have space to support you right now. Um, so those are two habits for sure that have actually changed, changed the way that I show up in my life and, and how I feel.
0: hmm that's, they're brilliant. Beautiful. Um, so I'm curious. Do you believe everyone has a purpose here on Earth? You know, this is a Thoughts on Purpose podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you believe everyone has a purpose on, on Earth?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I talked about this at, at Joel and Emil's event in Bali, Elevate. Yes. Um, and I had asked that question to the audience. I said, who here believes who here knows their purpose and then I went on who here believes they have a purpose because not everyone raised their hand mm. and then when I asked who here believes they have a purpose everyone raised their hand Interesting. Um, and I started asking some of the people who didn't raise their hand for the first question well what's going on what have you uncovered about your purpose and mm. a lot of them just felt lost they just were like I, I know I have a purpose I haven't uncovered it yet and it feels overwhelming yeah. And I know that there's probably a lot of listeners um, that feel that way and I'm going to gift you with something. I'm going to mm. gift you with a purpose. And I believe that I strongly believe in my opinion, every single human being on the planet shares this one purpose. And this one purpose is to evolve. Mm. Like every single human being on this planet, they have a shared purpose. And that purpose is to evolve. Yep. So if You don't know what your, your purpose is lean into that one. Because if you lean into that purpose of of you're here to evolve, I promise you that the next purpose is going to become very, very clear as long as you start to really focus on your own evolution.
0: Yes, yes. That's beautiful. And so what would that look like for someone? If someone is really down and out, does it just look like taking responsibility for everything you've got right now and just, like you said, working on yourself? Is that what that looks like?
1: I mean, first step, you gotta shift out of victim mentality to victorship, you know? And it's like the first, and how to do that is by owning your shit. Like you need to take ownership for everything. Like you Mm -hmm. need to understand that you do have some control. And even though, despite not having control over other people's actions, thoughts, words, behaviors, everything like that, you Mm -hmm. have control over your reactions. You have control over your thought processes. You have control over um, how you choose to move forward. So start Mm -hmm. there and start grabbing the reins in your Mm -hmm. own journey. And yes. understand that you can pick up the pen at any time and start to write a different story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ha- and it doesn't even have to take time. Mm-hmm. It can happen immediately just by making a different
0: choice. Yes. Yes. I love that. Beautiful. Um, so Ruby, what is a piece of wisdom that you have learned throughout your journey so far that you love to share with people the most? Mm. Well, you might've already covered it, but I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> you've, covered, you've already given us a lot um, I'm
1: let me share one that i think i didn't i didn't cover just yet mm-hmm. you are far more resilient than you give yourself credit mm-hmm. um if we think about just the physical human body if we have a cut it will heal itself you know our mm-hmm. bodies are amazing machines and a lot of people walk around feeling like they're broken. I'm broken because this, you know, my ex broke me or like this happened and my circumstances and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and you're super resilient. Like Mm. you have the power to bounce back after anything and everything and your resiliency lies in your power of choice Mm -hmm. so even if you're like at the pits of despair at rock bottom everything's going wrong in your life you feel super alone okay you're there right accept it and own your power in that moment own the fact that you can get back up dust yourself off and go after life
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i love it excellent ruby so uh strategy for managing disappointment in life because like we've spoken about there is you need to embrace a level of chaos in life uh when you move from the known to the unknown which is necessary Mm -hmm. to grow how do you manage disappointment in life
1: well i think disappointment comes from um when your expectations uh, aren't met that's when we feel disappointed is if your expectations are not met And when you feel that disappointment, um, that's an opportunity for you to dive deeper. Why am I feeling disappointed? What am I disappointed in? Am I disappointed in myself? Am I disappointed in others? Um, And from that space, you can start to uncover another level of your growth. You know, if something didn't pan out the way you wanted it to pan out, um, you know, I had a client who just did a launch and she didn't get as many sales as she was hoping and she was so disappointed in beating herself up. And this was also in so many ways, the most successful launch she had ever had. Mm. Um, But she was letting the expectation of the number cloud the actual experience. And we do this and we set ourselves up for disappointment in this way. And I'm not saying that the goal is to try and avoid disappointment um, altogether. I think disappointment, like many of our emotions that we perceive as quote unquote negative are actually signals you know, for, for an opportunity, mm-hmm. for another level of growth. So if yes. you're experiencing disappointment in your life, like really dig into that. Why am I feeling disappointed? What am I disappointed about? Am I disappointed in myself? Why? Mm-hmm. And, and just start to journal out on those things and really uncover what's the reason. Like, what's the actual reason that you're disappointed? And on the flip side, um, what have I learned through this Mm -hmm.
0: experience? Mm -hmm. Great insights. Thank you so much. What is one challenge you see people facing today that seems to be coming up for a lot of people?
1: Mm, It's a challenge of being seen Mm. um, in so many different ways. Uh, So I work primarily with purpose-driven leaders and a lot of their work is on social media and and showcasing their work, doing videos and social and and all sorts of things. But we see this in, in everyday people. Like this isn't just the people who are trying to become influencers or trying to become known. Um, And this goes back to, you know, the worthiness piece and the self-love piece. A lot of people are afraid to be seen because they fear the repercussions that come with that like they see it as repercussions, fear of judgment, fear of being seen as an imposter, um, fear of being ridiculed, fear, fear of not being accepted, mm-hmm. um, uh, a fear of letting people in. Like a lot of people have walls up; they don't want to let people in because of their past uh, experiences. Mm-hmm. And so really what, what they, they fear the most is being seen, like being seen mm-hmm. for who they feel they truly are. And this happens because they have yet to really see themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so I see our generation um, and the millennial generation as one that is especially uh, challenged with this because of social media mm. being at the forefront. Um, and everyone is constantly putting themselves out there, but not everyone is putting their true self out there Mm. because of these fears. And that's why I think we have um, still this this challenge of being who we are and feeling like we need to conform because Uh, we feel like we need to fit a perception on social media when really what's going to help you experience that feeling of freedom and feeling of joy is like you being able to first see yourself and then to showcase that to the world, whether it's on social media or in real life.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. Very powerful indeed. And, um, you know, speaking of social media, I I want to say I, I follow you on Instagram. I have for a long time and I love the way you show up so authentically. Um, you're one of the few people who I actually, whose Instagram stories i actually sit down and watch and <laughs> I love it. You've got such a diverse uh, amount of content you deliver to people and you know, it's everything from your nutrition um, to amazing insights like you're sharing on here to uh, your amazing journey as you travel the world. And I just want to encourage everyone to follow you. Would you recommend Instagram? Is that the place you hang out the most Ruby?
1: Yeah, I would say I hang out the most on Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. most fun for me,
0: yep.
1: um, for sure. And yep. thank you for saying that.
0: Oh, no, of course. And so what's your, what's your name on Instagram?
1: I am Ruby.
0: Yep. beautiful. Thanks, Ruby. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so your, your relationship with your husband now. So you've, you've obviously got an incredible relationship. I, I see mm-hmm. your husband popping up in your Instagram stories. What's your husband's name? Kevin. Kevin. How long mm-hmm. have you been with Kevin for?
1: Um, it has been now five and a half years.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. So how, how does it, uh, how did you go building a new relationship? Like based on, you know, you've been through some rough relationships in the past. Mm -hmm. Had you done enough work that when you met Kevin, that you were able to develop that bond immediately or was there, did you find that there was like a lot of navigating around building or, or, or being willing to trust someone after what you've been through?
1: Mm. So this, this is a fun, fun story. Yeah. Uh, he came into my life uh, when I was at that pivotal rock bottom in 2012, ending a relationship. He okay. literally came into my life probably a month after that. Um, when I was at that rock bottom moment, and ended that relationship. I redid my vision board. I was living in Vancouver. That's where I'm from, uh, Canada. Yeah. And on my vision board was a bunch of statements. This is 2012. I think it was April or March And on there I wrote, I'll be living and working in LA by the end of 2013, Mm. Uh, so a a year later. And I just felt called to LA. There was something about the energy there. Um, And I thought I was gonna get there through a job. So at the time I was working a lot in social media and marketing. um, And I started looking for jobs in tech startups and his came up. And Mm. I did what every social media marketer does and that's like stalk the companies you wanna work for. So Mm -hmm. I started stalking his company entered a Twitter giveaway, one, he emailed me and we were in contact and um, he was flirtatious. And then the, I was in such a shitty time that I, I didn't think it was real. You know, I didn't believe it was real. Okay. And we connected via Skype shortly after that Twitter contest. And um, it was like seeing someone that I'd known my entire life. like very, very familiar, very powerful. And at the same time, it was just the wrong time for both of us. I was Mm -hmm. like in the pits of rock bottom. Um, He had just started seeing someone. Um, And I also like, there was this part of me that was like, what does this guy want to have to do with me? You know, because first, like there's this great guy coming after me. No, this can't be real. So Mm -hmm. I went off on my little roller coaster ride of a journey of trying Mm -hmm. to get sober and trying to get my life together. And um, it wasn't until eight months later when I really started to feel more clear. I definitely was not in a place of self-love. I was in a place of being committed to my journey Mm -hmm. for sure. But I was not in a place like I don't want to paint a picture and say I was like living a great life when he came in, came back in. But he came back into my life about eight months later um, I mean, we were texting now and then, but I don't know. There was just, he, he said, do you want to give this a go? And I was, I had reached a place where I realized that my choices that I had made had led me down this really dark path. So what if I just started choosing the opposite of what I really want to do?
0: Mm. <laughs> so, Interesting.
1: Yeah. And so when he asked me my, my everything inside of me was saying, say no, say no, say no, this isn't real. And so I said, okay. And I went for it and five months later we were engaged and two months after that I was living and working in Los Angeles so I was definitely living and working in Los Angeles before the end of 2013 um, and then about eight months after that we got married and wow. um, I officially immigrated to the US and here I am
0: oh my goodness that's, a, that's <laughs> an incredible story there you go the power yeah. of intention
1: I yeah. And it. I share, I share it in that way too, for people to realize like, you don't have to be in a place of ultimate self-love to attract the love of your life. I Absolutely. think what mattered was we were both deeply committed to our own inner work. Mm. Um, and, uh, we, we want to see each other rise. So if you yes. can find someone who inspires you to be better while you're also inspiring them to be better, that's yes. a main thing.
0: I love that. Such, such awesome insights there, Ruby and such a beautiful story um, Thank you. or journey rather. So uh, we're going to ask some quick questions just mm-hmm. to end Ruby, just to kind of get to know you and uh, have a bit of fun. So I'm just curious, what's your favorite music?
1: Uh, electronic house, Oh, Chicago yeah. house. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm with you there all the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Love it. Beautiful. Uh, what's your favorite app?
1: My favorite app. Um, i want to say instagram instagram
0: that works excellent what about do you have a favorite app for productivity
1: productivity evernote
0: evernote okay yeah yeah awesome is there something that you've dreamed about inventing since you were young and you'd still like to bring it to life
1: Hmm. not really inventing No, nothing like that I've dreamed about inventing. Or a solution
0: um, you'd like to bring to the world. How, how yeah, about we for, try that. Yeah.
1: For me, it's it, the the solution and the movement I want to bring to the world is really to give the world a voice. So if there's a way to activate the voice of every single person on this planet, including, you know, uh, I have a special soft heart for disempowered youth. Mm-hmm. Um, I work a lot with the homeless community in, in Los Angeles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but that—that that is like, if anything, that's my underlying mission, and that's yeah. what I'm constantly seeking a solution for.
0: Yes, I love that. It's a good thing to be. Good mm-hmm. thing to be uh, bringing to the world. Absolutely. Um, who has been your greatest mentor, and what did they teach you?
1: My greatest mentor. I understand you'd have a few. Yeah, I mean, I have a few, but like, I'm gonna go ahead and say my parents, um, because through our tumultuous relationships, um, I have learned the most about myself and about what it really means to be a compassionate individual (laughs) by being in that relationship with them, by being in that sacred contract with them, um, and really learning how to understand them and and their goals, and like honestly, my dad's a freaking powerhouse, and like he's one of the biggest developers in in Vancouver, BC. And wow. he's still going after his dream, biggest dreams after a major heart attack, and he's in his you know, almost sixty. Wow. Maybe I'm totally off. Maybe he's in his sixties now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're my greatest mentors because mm. they're my greatest teachers.
0: Mm. I love it. Beautiful. And the last question I'll ask Ruby is, what does a beautiful life mean to you?
1: A beautiful life to me is one where I wake up and feel as though I've got everything I need.
0: Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah. whatever
1: that is for anyone, you know, like just to wake up and say, wow, I have everything I need and not having to feel like you need to go after something else to fill a part of your life.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. So, you know, Ruby, your life is just such a beautiful demonstration of what people can achieve when they choose to turn their, their greatest challenges into their greatest drivers in life. That's something Mm -hmm. I'm just, I believe in so strongly. And I want to thank you for the way you show up. I want to thank you for the impact you have uh, your life could have gone one of two ways and you know i'm so glad that you you chose the path you did and it's it's impacting lives all around the world now so and i uh, yeah thank you thank you for the way you show up thank you for having the bravery to step into your vision and uh thanks for being with us here today i really do appreciate it
1: yeah thank you so much for having me it was such a joy to do this um have this conversation with you thank you beautiful
0: thank you so much ruby there you have it my friends I hope you got incredible value from today's interview be sure to follow the work that our incredible guest today is doing Okay, get amongst it guys they are up to big things before we wrap up guys I want to take a minute to acknowledge you sincerely I want you to feel this I I acknowledge you for being someone who values their life enough to invest the time to listen to this audio I want you to get the most value out of this. So again, be sure to, to apply what you learn. Be sure to share what you learned with other people. Share this interview out with the people you care about. You know, a few years back, I, I used to immerse myself in listening to podcasts. I used to listen to three, four podcasts a day as I was working a job that wasn't necessarily that inspiring to me, but I did it. And it's a dream come true for me to be here interviewing people nowadays. And you having you here supports me in my dreams. So that's why I'm really so grateful for you being here uh, and i want to to support you even further i want to give you the opportunity again head over to iamnashmackie.com i want you to be part of our, our next guest interviews coming up i want be you to be part of our community so head over to iamnashmackie.com subscribe also claim your free one-on-one strategy session i'm really so excited to connect with you and help you build a powerful identity guys thank you for your time thank you for your energy I look forward to bringing you another incredible guest interview. Thank you for joining me for the Thoughts on Purpose podcast.